for pardon me Blood in my eye, dog, and I can't see I'm trying to be what I'm destined to be And trying to take my life away What up, everybody? Welcome back into the Be Epic Podcast. This is your host, Jackson. This week, we're going to talk NFL Combine. We're going to take you guys into the life of an NFL agent during Combine Week, what it's like getting your guys prepped for the week, how do you manage expectations, how do you build relationships, all the interesting stuff that happens at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. We've got it covered in this podcast. First things first, I want to give a shout out to the five Epic Agent clients that participated in the 2019 NFL Combine. We had running back Dexter Williams out of Notre Dame, safety Zedrick Woods out of Old Miss, wide receiver Jamarius Way out of South Alabama, we had linebacker Voshan Joseph out of Florida, and offensive lineman Fred Johnson out of the University of Florida. So congrats to those guys on performing well at the NFL Combine, both on the field and in team interviews, and we really look forward to them participating in the draft. Um, also, shout out to two more clients that are going to be performing on their pro day, and linebacker Juwan Young out of Marshall, and then defensive end Randy Ramsey at a University of Arkansas. So good luck to those guys moving forward. Without further ado, let me kick it off with the interview with Sean O'Dare, president of Epic Agents. All right, everybody, welcome back into the Be Epic podcast. This is your host, Jackson. I'm here today with the president of Epic Agents, Sean O'Dare. You can find Sean on Twitter or Instagram at Sean O'Dare. Uh, it's a privilege to have Sean here today. He's going to give us a little insight about how he got his career started in the agent business, what it's like being at the NFL Combine, all that craziness, and kind of give us a behind-the-scenes look into uh, what it's like being an NFL agent. So welcome in, Sean. Hey, Jackson. appreciate you having me on, man. You're uh, doing a great job as the host of this podcast, so we're, we're really happy with you. I appreciate it, man. I want to start off by uh, giving everybody a little background into your career um, obviously, being an agent is a very desirable position. There's a lot of people that you know I'm in school with or associate with that want to get into the industry. How about you? How did you get your start, and uh, how were you able to be successful for so long? Definitely, definitely. Uh, I always had interest in the industry, uh, even from being in middle school, high school. Obviously, everyone's seen Jerry Maguire and and kind of the glitz and glam of of that movie. So it kind of drew my interest in there and. Um, kind of went to school for it as well. I knew uh, I wanted to work in sports in some capacity, and the agency route was the kind of the route I wanted to focus on. Um, being a player at Miami, that obviously helped my my start in it, and I kind of did some more research when I was an undergrad and kind of figured out to become a certified NFL agent, you needed a master's or a law degree. Uh, so once I finished up playing and I finished up my undergrad degree, I went back to Miami and I got my master's in sports administration. And after that, went and got certified with the NFLPA, which I'm sure we'll get into in this in this interview. And um, ended up started working as a certified agent in 2015, and I've uh, been doing it ever since. That's awesome, man. I think a lot of people don't understand the amount of work it takes and the commitment, even just to get certified, and then let alone having success in the industry. So, from from your perspective, Sean. How are you as an agent and how is Epic as an agency able to kind of differentiate themselves from the hundreds of other agents and agencies that are working in the NFL? Definitely, definitely. I think uh, at Epic, we're, we're all former athletes. So we, we understand the athlete frame of mind and um, not only being athletes, uh, Alex is a lawyer. Uh, Ron has 10 plus years experience. Uh, we're all kind of um, bring different uh 
strengths to the game. So we have about 20 clients already active in the league, another seven guys heading into the draft this year. And just that personal attention matched with that experience and um, of knowledge. And uh, another huge aspect of this is the relationships, not only with the players, but with the NFL personnel. And that's certainly a kind of difficult process starting out for, I would say, younger agents is just getting those relationships with the NFL contacts and just gaining that trust so you can reach out to any scout or personnel or uh, a GM and just kind of getting that feedback, um, not just saying you have an email and, and not being able to not hear back from them. So it's that's definitely a, a huge aspect of this. Of course, man. And and yeah, and I can just speak firsthand to that myself. It, it seems like when you are trying to build those relationships, trying to establish some like commonalities with those, you know, whether it's scouts, whether it's senior personnel, um, coaches, you know, any similarities that I feel like you can draw between them gives you a much better chance, you know, as, per, as somebody trying to break in to actually develop that relationship, have some back and forth. And so it's not really a one sided street where you're just asking for help and not able to really provide any benefit to them. And Sean, so you guys are based in, in South Florida, obviously, you're, you're a Miami guy. Is there a benefit to being down there versus agents that are, you know, in other parts of the country? Do you, do you find that, that Miami is kind of a sweet spot for you and Epic Agents? I think it definitely works for us, um, being that we have four, four certified contract advisors on board. As I said myself, Alex Gavia, Ron Butler, and Ira Turner, we're all based in Miami, so it's easy for us to kind of work together there and, and kind of have a mainstay there. And also uh, uh, players love, love the climate and love coming there in the off season. I, I know you're kind of freezing up in DC right now. So I think you can attest for to sure. <laughs> the warm weather being very attractive to a lot of these guys in the off season. So. That's great. So it kind of, it can potentially cut down on, you know, expenses in the off season when guys are able to come to you and stuff like that. And they want to come there. So it's not, you don't have to uh, try to beg them to get down to Miami for a weekend, which is always good. Certainly, certainly. So. And these, these guys definitely like training down there as well as, as you know, when you're learning, there's a plethora of training facilities down in the South Florida area. So it really makes it easy for these guys to kind of get their off season training and even for the new guys, get their pre-combine training in. So, no doubt. And and Sean, so what's a typical work week like for you? So, you know, I, I can imagine there's thousands of things going on. You're constantly trying to stay in touch with your clients. You're trying to build more relationships, recruiting, all that. So I know no week is the same from one to the next. But can you give people a little glimpse into what it's like being an agent for a day? Certainly. I mean, I'll just start off with January, as I know you you were able to attend a couple of these events with us, but um, I think there was a weekend, there wasn't a weekend, I wasn't at an all-star game uh, in January, starting from uh, one of the first weekends going to the Tropical Bowl up in uh, Daytona with our client Juwan Young, linebacker from Marshall, right after that heading to uh, the East-West Shrine game in Tampa with a couple of our guys there, Zedrick Woods and Fred Johnson, and then just heading straight to the uh, Senior Bowl after that and with Dexter and... Um, Luckily, the weekend after that, we had a little break to just watch Phil in the Super Bowl. And then, uh, obviously, the Combine was last week. So, uh, like you said, it, it really, no no one day is the same. Uh, it differs day from day. But um, it's it just really, whatever comes at you that day, you kind of just have to take on and drop whatever else you're doing and, and handle the priority that day. 
And from a time commitment perspective, like what can people expect? I mean, do you do you even ever sit back and say, man, how many hours have I worked this week? Or is it just a constant, you know, you love what you do and you're never really keeping tabs on the amount of hours. You just do whatever you got to do to get things done. Definitely, definitely that. Um, I'm blessed to say I love what I do and um, I really don't count hours in that regard. But um, I think uh, the saying is, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. So blessed to be able to say that. And as we all know, not a lot of people are able to say that. And, and it's, you know, it's obviously a hard job. It comes with challenges. But that that is one of the benefits of it is, is a lot of people in the industry enjoy the work they're doing. And they, they bring a passion and an excitement to the job that, that keeps it from being mundane. So that's definitely an attractive part of, of being an agent. And would you say from like a glamorous perspective, you know, everybody watches, you know, HBO ballers and sees, you know, Jerry Maguire, as you mentioned, and, you know, there's been shows on TV like the agent. And so, you know, we get to see a lot of the the Hollywood side of things, but, you know, is it really as glamorous as it looks or is this just kind of, you know, is, is a day in the life much different than what we see, you know, through the media? Yeah, I, w- I would say there's certainly fun times where you get to go out with your clients and even sometimes I... I work out with the guys and, and, and try to keep up with them. <laughs> but um, I tell everybody that it's a lot less uh, Dwayne Johnson yacht time than it than the kind of thought prospect of it is. So there's a there's a lot more that goes into it. And um, obviously you see off the top the glamour of it, but there's a lot of hard work that goes into it behind the scenes and uh, a lot of people that help make it happen. So no doubt. There's a lot of people, as we mentioned, wanting to do this, right? And you spoke a little bit earlier to the to the certification process with the NFLPA. So what's really the first step for people to go about getting certified? And then and how, how difficult is that process? How long does it take? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think the first step would be reaching out to the NFLPA. They have a website. Um, you can kind of see the requirements there. I know you're going through it yourself at the moment, so you might be able to even speak better to it than I can. But Um, Once you do that whole background check and apply, you'll actually get approved to take the exam, um, which they only give once a year. I believe that's in June or July each year. Um, And it's it's a pretty rigorous exam. I I believe the the year I passed it, there was only a 30 or 30 something percent pass rate. So they they certainly make it a difficult exam just to weed out uh, people that aren't taking it seriously. So the players have the best representation possible. But as, as you're starting to see, it's a very um, expensive process as well, from the fees involved to the application process to getting insurance afterwards. Um, it's, it's definitely cost heavy, and that doesn't even begin to cover your, your recruiting cost and your state registration cost and uh, everything else involved in that. Do you feel like that that's probably the biggest barrier to entry is being able to finance your operation? And I know a lot of agents, you know, that enter the field only last a couple of years uh, for a variety of reasons. But you, you feel like finance is probably number one on the list. It's certainly up there. I mean, obviously, you have to have the, the education requirements first. Um, mm-hmm. So so that's certainly a hurdle, I would say, for some people getting into this as well. If they're starting late and they don't have that master law degree or Um, any other requirements that they would have to go back and get that first. But um, definitely the expenses is is certainly a a big aspect of this, too, that I don't think a lot of people that want to do this realize that, but they'll, they'll find out the hard way, unfortunately. 
but from a guy who's, you know, looking to get into the field and spending time, you know, getting my education at Georgetown with other students that are trying to break into the agent field, what, what advice would you give them? Um, how do they go about making themselves uh, stand out from the rest and, and bringing value to you guys? Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's a, certainly it's a straight relationship based business. Uh, I think you can speak more so to it that how many, how many follow-ups did you have after just the combine? Over a hundred. There you go. So, um, it's, it's just all relationship based, reaching out, trying to get your foot in the door, however possible. Um, obviously it is a very hard industry to crack just because no one wants to really give away their trade secrets. And, um, it's, it's certainly difficult, but I mean, I feel like I was blessed to have an advantage just because I had the opportunity to play college football at such a prestigious university that that kind of helped in some regards. But um, just doing what you're doing right now is is just um, going to these events, kind of getting introducing yourself to people, 100 follow-ups just after the combine alone. So you're doing it the right way for sure. I appreciate that. But yeah, you're right. It's it's a lot of hard work and a lot of people don't understand the, uh, you know, the grind it takes to build those contacts. It's not always just, you know, a handshake. It, it requires follow up. It requires finding common ground with these people and be able, being able to help them as well. And so from a from an agent's perspective, you know, we talked a little bit about the combine. Like what's what's your guys goal? You know, when you guys go there? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We're there. Obviously, we had five clients there this year. Um, we're with them throughout the whole week. Um, from an agent perspective, uh, we're there with they're making sure they're getting back to their if they need to go to their training facility, they have suites there such as IMG, Pete Marito. Um, they're going there to get extra training, get extra stretching, get their food, get all that. Um, also, from an agent perspective, we have our annual um, seminar there every year that our continuing education seminar that we have to do every year where we kind of learn. Um, Anything new updated in our industry, um, obviously in a couple of years, we're kind of starting to hear rumblings of the of a lockout and kind of getting our players financially prepared if that is the case. Um, but there's there's so many things involved from that to uh, taking our guys around to the Nike suites, to the Under Armour suite, the Adidas suite, getting them hooked up there with free gear, um, kind of pitching our guys to them seeing if we can get any marketing deals done while we're there as well but just really being there for support these guys are really uh prepared they've been preparing since january uh, at their facility or at their school in some cases um, just getting ready to run all these drills and just keeping them mentally prepared and just letting them know we're there for them support wise and um just to kind of keep them them steady there so yeah it's, a, it's a quite a bit of work and i've i've been able to see like you've said firsthand um, how much that you guys put in during that week and how much that support, uh, how much work that support really takes. And it's a 24 seven, you know, uh, job to stay on top of these guys and make sure you're, you're available to help them whenever you can, whether it's advice or, you know, being there, walking them around to the suites, like you said, to meet with sponsors. It's a, it's the complete package. So we've talked relationships, um, how critical they are, not just at the combine, but all year round when you're trying to build your network. Uh, when it comes to your relationships with scouts, with your relationships with media, how important are those to develop and what are the benefits that agents get from having positive relationships with those entities? Certainly, certainly. You obviously having these relationships with scouts, you can kind of get feedback throughout the year um, of guys that you're kind of recruiting and seeing where they can improve their stock, what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses. So having those relationships to kind of 
uh, get that throughout the year is key. Um, and also in the media, it's, it's trying to get these guys as much media attention as possible before senior bowl, before uh, the combine, before pro days, before the draft. It's just, it's crucial to have those relationships from ESPN, NFL network to bleacher report, just doing podcasts, podcasts like this interviews, um, trying to get them on, uh, TV, uh, shows, all, all those things are critical. Not even so, even more so in the, uh, like we said earlier, the marketing aspect, trying to get these guys trading cards, trying to get these guys, the Nike Under Armour Adidas is just critical, not, not to limit yourself just so just on the NFL personnel side, but you need to have contacts in, in kind of every aspect of this industry. Sure. And, and those are, those are a lot of the, you know, the people that are hanging out in Indianapolis. So it really makes it a critical week. Um, as you mentioned, to not just meet with the teams, but to really broaden your network and it gives your yourself the best chance to put your clients in a positive light. You know, congratulations to, uh, to Zedrick Woods for running the fastest 40. Um, it was incredible. And so what was what was that like in terms of, you know, representing a guy like that? And does your phone start blowing up after, you know, Zedrick runs a, a time like that and our media all of a sudden, you know, much more interested than they were an hour before? How does that work for you? Certainly. It was a very exciting uh, experience just to have the fastest, just our agency having the fastest player in the combine this year. Um, I think it's very interesting that a guy like Zedrick decided to stay at school and not go to any training facility, um, but he decided to stay at Ole Miss with his trained staff that he was comfortable with, and um, he ended up running the fastest 40, like we said. So that's kind of an, an anomaly, but it kind of shows that, hey, you're going to get into this process exactly what you put out of it. And he really just put his head down and worked. And um, you can you saw him, obviously, at the East-West game. I don't think anyone was really expecting on the outside for him to come in and run the fastest 40. But um, he did that. And obviously, our phones are a little um, more excited now, kind of with people saying, oh, let's let's do that interview now or or uh, let's get some trading cards done now. So it's uh, it's a very exciting time for him, and uh, he certainly deserves it. Yeah, for sure. That was an incredible feat that he was able to accomplish. So congrats to you guys for helping him get ready for that. And and from a from a data standpoint, Sean. So we we see you know a, a super fast forty. We see you know a wide receiver put up twenty seven reps on the bench press. We see these these crazy numbers. And, you know, I've had conversations with scouts and I'm sure you have the same. And the scouts are like, hey, I've watched, you know, hundreds hours of film and I weigh that more than I would these times and so on and so forth. But then it seems like the general managers and the decision makers in organizations, they are paying attention to those athletic profiles. And so what have you heard from, you know, from people in the league about how important these testing results are and how significant will they affect draft stock? Yeah, definitely. Like you said, um, the film is the biggest thing here, making sure the guys can kind of have that. That's the first check mark. Um, next one is going to the combine, putting these times up. Um, as much as these guys can really help themselves throughout this process, like you just said, they can really hurt themselves as well. So if you have a receiver come in that has the greatest tape in the world and ends up running a 4-9, he's obviously going to lower his draft stock and kind of get put down the draft board because that's kind of very concerning to teams. And just on the outside looking in, that's pretty bad. That's a pretty bad perspective, just kind of seeing that. But um, there are certainly times where, in, like we said, in Zedrick's case, he comes in and runs the fastest 40 at the Combine. People are going to go rewatch his film and say, oh, what did we miss here? What do, how did we miss that? Why didn't we expect that? So 
it can certainly help your draft stock, but certainly uh, can hurt it as well. But um, I would say that the film is the most important, and then the the kind of combines the next check check mark throughout this process. Yeah, that makes sense. And so from an agent's perspective, obviously you guys are watching a ton of film before you sign a player. Um, how about the athletic profile for you guys? How much information do you guys get before you sign a player? I mean, I, I doubt that you have this complete athletic profile of, you know, the 40 and the three cone and the short shuttle. Um, but how much information are you able to get from the school and the client about the athletic before you sign the player? Uh, obviously, you can you can get that kind of feedback and kind of hear what the, the potential client's saying with things. But one of the biggest things we do, not only um, the on the field and the film and the times, we want to work with good people. So we want to talk to coaches. We want to talk to the family and make sure these guys that we work with have great character because that's one of the biggest things these teams are going to start to ask. And they'll go back to high school guidance counselors, high school coaches, and um, obviously they're making million dollar investments in these players. So they're going to do all their research possible to make sure these guys are great people, not only on the field, but off as well. And that, that's big for us as well. We don't want to work with guys that kind of have bad attitudes going into this process and, and they're not kind of enjoying it and just understand the position that they're in. We want to work with great people as well. And that's kind of big for us, just kind of making sure the relationship fits on both sides, not just that the player's into it, but the agent has to be into it as well. And that's kind of huge for us while we're recruiting, just making sure um, the relationship is is two-sided and not just one. Yeah, that's fascinating. And you hear the same thing from the teams as well, that you know a lot of them say the most important thing they get out of the whole week is, is a 15-minute conversation or a 20-minute conversation uh, with a prospective guy who's entering the draft. And they try to just get them off you know, guard and try to get to know them a little bit because, like you said, working with somebody is, you know, you want to like working with them and it's important to have that chemistry and, and have people on your team that are willing to put the work in. So it's interesting to see the similarities from an agent and a team perspective perspective on, you know, deciding who they want to represent and from the team's perspective, deciding who they want to sign come draft day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of the most underrated kind of aspects in this whole process. Obviously, the TV stations are, are very interested in, in showing the 40 times and everything. And I think this was the first year the combine was broadcasted on ABC for uh, for a little bit at least. So obviously the popularity yeah. keeps going up on this, but um, the biggest thing here for the teams is the interviews and the medicals. I don't think the kind of average fan understands the whole how much medical and how many MRIs and how many um, times these guys are getting checks throughout this whole week and throughout this process and the kind of rigorous interview process that's process that these players go through. So that's certainly on top of the list for importance throughout this week. Sure, sure. Yeah, there's there's a lot that goes into that. And if, you know, if fans look online and see the combine schedules, which are like public information for the different position groups, you can see that almost half of the, you know, the time that they're there, there's some sort of, you know, either physical or mental evaluation going on. So it's obviously, you know, a huge part of the league to really find out what's going on with each of these guys. You know, we spoke a little bit before about about training and these guys getting ready for the combine. Um, I know the majority of the guys uh, of the Epic 
like agents, clients that are entering the draft, spent time at a training facility. We talked about Zedrick Woods, who ran the fastest 40 that did not, and he stayed at his school. So moving forward, you know, these are these are significant costs for people that don't know to get these guys trained and get the right food in their body and get them, you know, stretched out, ready to go. Um, get them fully healthy. So from an agent's perspective, you know, does a does a performance like Zedrick had make you kind of wonder, hey, is this, you know, what's the right thing to do for my players moving forward in terms of paying for the training or recommending that they stay where they're comfortable at their school? Yeah, I mean, every guy's different. Um, every guy uh, is going to come off different injuries at the end of the season. So every guy's going to need different things. Um, some guys are a little bit more beat up than others. So um, it, it really depends on what the client needs at that form in time. Some guys really need more work on their 225. Uh, some guys need more work on the 40. So it's, it's very individualized in that aspect. But I, I certainly would encourage guys to kind of look at their um, situation they have at their school and their strength staff and, and their facility. Because I will say a lot of these college facilities are going to be better than some of the places they go and train. It's just some of these new facilities are just unreal and <laughs> I wish I was still playing to take kind of advantage of them now. So even Miami has their whole uh, new indoor facility. We, that would have saved us a lot of lightning day practice. <laughs> well, so Sean, after, so combine ends, right. And, um, you know, everybody from a fan's perspective, you know, they're worried about free agency. They want to see what, what teams fill what holes. And then they're, you know, looking at the draft. Um, you guys are much more focused on, you know, pro days, um, making sure these guys that didn't perform at the combine are ready to go for their pro day, um, improving on times that, you know, as you had mentioned, go back and working and trying to get better at certain uh, positional drills. What do you, what's it like um, from now until the draft for you guys? Is it is it a little bit less busy or does it kind of until, you know, draft day's over, are you kind of going full speed ahead? Yeah, it's definitely full speed ahead. Uh, like you said, a couple of the guys that didn't get the combine invite that we're really excited about have their pro days uh, fastly approaching. Uh, Randy Ramsey at Arkansas, he just he's an absolute physical freak, as you can see by some of the videos he's posting throughout this uh, this training process. He absolutely dominated the NFLPA game, so we're really excited about his pro day coming up. And then another guy, uh, Juwan Young. Uh, Marshall linebacker, who was actually a transfer from Miami, uh, dominated the Tropical Bowl up in Daytona. So we're really excited about his pro day as well. So um, these guys are at big enough schools that they're going to have enough scouts, and if not all 32 uh, close to it, that they're going to get the opportunity to kind of show out and, and show what they got. And uh, we're excited for both of those guys as well as the uh, the rest of our class. So. Very cool. And when it comes to a, a pro day, is it is it scouts and um, from different NFL teams that are kind of running the drills or does the school put it on and the scouts are really just in attendance to record that data and report back to the teams? Uh, it's, it's usually the NFL staffs putting them on. Obviously, uh, they'll run a lot of the position drills. Uh, these guys know um, the 40, the three cone. They're going to do all that stuff. But as far as position drills, uh, some of the NFL personnel there will put on those drills. And um, it's interesting from an agent perspective that sometimes we're allowed into these events and uh, other times they're just closed off strictly to the NFL personnel. So it's uh, it really depends on school wise on that front. Got it. And yeah, just and everybody knows those will be the, you know, mostly through March um, and some into very early April, the pro days and then and then it's draft time. And 
So what's a what's a day like for an agent on on draft day? And I can only imagine how hard it is to to manage expectations because obviously you know you believe in your client. You're also hearing what's being said in the media from Mel Kiper, Todd McShay, Daniel Jeremiah, all these people. Um, how hard it is it on you know draft day and and really now draft weekend since it's become a three day event to manage those expectations and keep you know the clients happy and also be realistic. Yeah, yeah. The biggest thing here is that these guys have never been through it before, so it's just really keeping them calm, uh, knowing at the end of the day, whatever day that is, they're going to be on a team, they're going to have an opportunity. Um, obviously, best case scenario, all seven of our guys get drafted, um, but there's certainly times where uh, throughout the draft we're tracking what guy goes where in in the event that one of our guys doesn't get drafted, we have that data already ready to go so we can make an informed decision um, when the time comes, if a guy has a couple offers from a couple different teams, what's the best opportunity uh, for him to make that 53-man roster as opposed to um, just taking a higher signing bonus? So there's certainly a lot of things that go into this, and uh, draft days, a hectic, hectic few days, but it's certainly exciting um, for us, but even more so for the client and their families. Um, just seeing that smile on, on the client's face and uh, their family's Face, just knowing that their dream has finally been accomplished and they hear their name being called and they get to put that hat on uh, of the team that they're going to. It's just it's such a uh, fulfilling feeling just for us. And that's our goals along with our clients goals. So you see some of the most emotional, you know, moments or in and around the NFL or not even during the season. But it's it's that draft, that draft night and that draft weekend, seeing those, you know, those clients dreams realized is just an incredible thing for you know, for fans of any team. So it's, it's just amazing to see somebody who's, you know, worked so hard, finally achieve what they want. And obviously there's a lot more work ahead, but um, mm -hmm. I can imagine that that's probably your, your favorite day of the year as an agent when you get to see your guys uh, finally living out their dreams, right? For sure, for sure. And, and luckily with Ron, Ira, Alex, and myself, we have enough guys to kind of split up the responsibility. And um, with seven guys in this draft class, it won't be too hectic to where we're not being able to give each client the uh, attention they need. So we'll, we'll be ready to go on that. And, and we're excited, man. We're, we're just as, uh, just as excited as the guys for that. And I know you'll, uh, you'll be tuned in as well. For sure. Yeah. That's going to, it's going to be an awesome weekend. And we, you know, on, on, on draft day, they always take the fans into like NFL network and show them the war rooms for the different teams. I think a lot of fans think, okay, all the, every agent is at the NFL draft and they're sitting there in the green room and it's not really like that, is it? And what, what, is, what do you guys do on draft day? You guys have your own war room for tracking the, you know, where people land and stuff like that, or how does it work from an agent's perspective? Yeah, definitely. We've, we've had scenarios where we've been at certain clients' houses that one day and, and kind of moving the next day. Um, it really just depends on what some of these guys want to do. Some guys will um, want to have a very small draft party at their house. Other guys will want to have a bigger event. Um, I've even heard some guys don't want to draft it at all. They just want to be notified when they know what team they're on and um, just go from there because obviously it's, it's such a nerve-wracking process and those will probably be the three longest days of these guys' lives. So um, it, it really just varies depending on the year and the situation and the players that we're working with. But luckily, like I said, we have four certified contract advisors to where uh, we can all split it up and 
make sure each guy has the personal attention that they need to get the job done. Once the draft ends and, you know, you spoke a little bit about it, the, the craziness of, you know, undrafted and landing people at the right places and all, how, how does your role change uh, with the client after they're drafted? Are you helping them, you know, get to the city that they're picked in? Are you helping getting them set up or does it really, does the team take over and are you in more of the maintenance role um, after they're picked? Yeah, the team takes over from that regard. Um, we're so trying to get that contract done um, as soon as possible. Obviously, with this CBA, it's a little bit easier um, with the slotted positions, but there's certain things that um, you hire an agent for to make sure you negotiate the correct way in there and um, making sure there's no um, language in there that, that's going to hurt the player. So that's kind of our job after the draft is making sure these contracts get done in a timely manner and uh, make sure these guys can get on the field as soon as possible. So uh, most teams have their rookie mini camp uh, the week after or two weeks after. So it's really within that two week span that all these rookies are going to be on the field doing rookie mini camps. And then uh, obviously that leads right into mini camp and preseason and the season's here before you know it. So it's a, it's a very fast process. Um, we told all the guys that they're going to blink and the draft is going to be here and it's almost here already. So, um, I, I know the combine flew by and all the all-star games as well. And a couple, I think it's 50 days now until the draft. So it's going to be here before we know it. Yeah, that's incredible. From a agent standpoint, once the season begins, once these guys are in training camps and stuff like that, do you guys go and, and visit them during that time? And then during the season, are you do you guys try to go and watch as many games and attend as many games as possible? Or do you kind of go with the war room strategy, you know, during the season as well to try to keep track of all those, you know, 25 plus clients that you guys have right now? Yeah, I mean, we, we try to make it to as many games as possible. Um, honestly, it's it's really fun for us to kind of see the guys on the field before the game and uh, kind of just show love in that regard and uh, just making sure they know we're there to support them through this. And uh, sometimes if, if one client's playing another client, that makes probably the most sense for us, but we'll try to get to as many games as possible throughout the year. And um, it's very fun. Luckily now with uh, social media and uh, streaming and all that stuff, you can watch pretty much any game anywhere so it kind of makes our job a little easier uh in that regard well th sean thank you so much for the time um I'm, i know you're super busy getting these guys ready and transitioning from uh from combine to pro days and all that kind of stuff but i think it was really interesting for uh for fans of the nfl uh to hear what it's like being an agent and uh, i i appreciate you pulling back the curtain for us and letting letting us see what it's like Hey, definitely, Jackson. You're doing a great job for us, and we really appreciate it. And uh, keep up the great work, and hopefully get you down to Miami soon, man. That sounds great. Yeah, I need to get out of this D.C. weather before long. So, well, well, <laughs> best of good. luck, Sean, moving forward. Best of luck to all the Epic Agents clients. The Pro Day's coming up and the draft, um, free agency. So we, we're always uh, staying on top of them, and uh, we really appreciate you taking the time. And best of luck to you guys moving forward, man. All right, Jackson. Thank you. I hope everybody enjoyed that interview with President of Epic Agents, Sean O'Dare. I am proud to announce that we are finally on iTunes. We're on Apple Music. Search for us. Search Epic Agents. Search Be Epic Podcast. Either one will pull it up. First thing you want to do is subscribe to the show. After you subscribe for the show, we want you to scroll down to the bottom of that page. You'll see the ability to rate the show. Give us a five-star rating if you don't mind. 
please leave us a comment. Anything helps. We really want to get this show on the radar, and it's going to take everybody's support to get there. Thanks again for listening to the Be Epic podcast this week. This is your host, Jackson Magnini, part of the team at Epic Agents. And don't forget that every day is an opportunity to be epic. Many men wish death upon me. Blood in my eye, dog, and I can't see. I'm trying to be what I'm destined to be. And trying to take my life away. I put up with me.